in the middle of Illinois, where I where I did all my early skydiving, you know, um, we were on a golf course. Okay. Uh, the, the 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 airstrip is right down the center of a golf course, and and you know we always had instructions: try not to land on the golfers. You know? <laughs> nice. So nice. That's that's so great. we would we would maneuver to stay away from the golfers. You know. <laughs> You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. I hope you're running right now. Hope you're enjoying some time on the trails. Uh, I hope you're just enjoying life, having a good time. I know things out there, there's a lot we can complain about, but you know what? We got a lot to be thankful for. Um, man, we got a good episode for you today. It's a little long, you know, but hey, you're running long anyway. You know you're training right now. You're getting ready for things, so so just listen. Um, today we're going to be talking with Mr. Lynn Hahn. Uh, Lynn Hahn is, dude has done some stuff, man. He's done some, some biking, some downhill skiing competitions, some jumping out, skydiving for like 20 something years in formations, um, all kinds of scuba diving and then running. And so in running, he found it just crazy that in running that we just accept the fact that people get injured and he decided that, hey, we have technology. I want to do something about it. So he's been in the process for years of engineering Han shoes. And we talk about life. We talk about running. And, man, we get in some – he gets a little bit in some scientific weeds, man, talking about, you know, the way we, we work and the way our bodies move and the way they engineered some shoes. And they're going to be doing a Kickstarter for it. And, uh, you know, I didn't get paid anything to do. I just thought it was really interesting to have him on and have a, a guy guy who's done all kind of research on this stuff and and so really interesting to to hear what they're doing to try to keep us from getting injured running and keep people just from from hurting while they're wearing shoes but real quick before we get started you know we got to talk about our sponsors you know first of all we got runner's world tulsa if you haven't been to runner's world tulsa well, you need to go to Runner's World Tulsa. And if you don't live near Tulsa, you need to go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com and see what they've got going on. You need anything for running? They've got it. They've got the shoes. They've got the vests. They've got the nutrition. They've got the treadmill in an altitude tent. Anything that you need for running, they've got it. And you know what? If, if they don't have something like real particular, they could probably order it. So uh, check out the people at Runner's World Tulsa. They are runners. They know running, and they can help you out. Also, this podcast is brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. Guys, I keep telling you, check out the Outlaw Race Series. Um, man, you want to run some good races put on by good people. Man, first of all, there's the Flat Rock Triple Crown in Independence, Canada. There's one of the races in January, April, and September. All different kind of distances. I think the highest distance is the 101K. The Lake McMurtry Run, that's in Stillwater, Oklahoma, in April. The Flower Moon, that's in Pawhuska in May. The Dark and Dirties in Wilburton in July. The Thunderbird, which I ran the 50K, it's in Norman in November. And then the flagship is the Outlaw 100. That one's coming in February, guys. You want to sign up for that? There's a 135, a 100-mile, a 50-mile, a 26.2, a 13.1, and a 5K. So if you, everybody in the family can run something there, man. These are great trail runs. 
runs put on by great trail runners. If you want to check it out, go to www.outlaw100.com and sign up for one of these races. And last but definitely not least, T8.run. That's the letter T, the number 8.run. Gear for ultra runners, by ultra runners. And I'm looking at a package right now that I just got in of, of some commando shorts that are guaranteed to keep me chafe-free while I run. And if you go on the page and you put in the code 50-RUNTHERIOT, you get a discount. Yeah. Check that out, man. So go to T8.run. They've got shorts. They've got some other gear that you can check out over there. And these guys are they're ultra runners, man. And so they know what they're doing. Um, before we get started, remember, uh, like the podcast. Uh, you know, give it some ratings on iTunes. And, you know, it helps out a lot with the, with the rankings and everything else. You know, leave a little, a little comment on what you like about the podcast. Um, if you don't like the podcast, um, I don't know what to tell you. Just don't give me a one star. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, that'll mess things up. Up, but anyway, whatever. Uh, and also on the website, www.runtheriot.run, there is a Patreon link if you want to partner with the podcast. And uh, man, I just, I really appreciate uh, those of you who have partnered with the podcast. Uh, it means a lot. And all right, well, let's get started, guys. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lynn Hahn. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, we've got uh, Mr. Lynn Hahn. Lynn, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so very much for for having me on your channel, David. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you for you know for reaching out and um, you know this is an ultra running podcast. And as we talked before we started, I mean we're always interested in. Um, Anything that has to do with running and, you know, what we put on our feet is is super important. And um, so uh, before we get started on, 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 you know, why we have you here and what we put on our feet, tell me a little bit about you. Tell, who's, who's Lynn? Where, where are you and, and what's your background, man? Okay, so great. Um, I started running. Okay, I'm old. And I start, <laughs> okay. I start, if, if you remember Jim Fix's um, book of running one and two. Uh-huh, you know, that those were back in the late 70s. And and uh, I was in I was in college. I started uh, in college back then. And that really captured my imagination. I'd been a bicyclist my whole life. Yeah. And so in reading the Jim Fix books, I thought, you know, this this running is 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 an awesome thing. And as a kid growing up, I'd run everywhere. You know, we, we generally lived in small towns um, growing up. My family moved a lot. We were construct in construction. Okay. And and so we were in a lot of small towns across the south and southwest and midwest and and always had my bike, always loved the bike, um, but started really getting into running in in college. And the thing that I discovered was, you know, the 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 progression from beginning runner to, you know, intermediate runner um, was the, you know, the the freedom the the, the the flow of it and i've yeah. always been i've always been into experience um you know i'm 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 uh, i'm pretty well accomplished at a lot of different adventure sports uh started uh skiing in uh in college early on and then i i worked at that and got to the point where i uh, was ski racing downhill nice. ski racing at, 
at a fairly high level for 12 years. Nice. And just out of college, um, I started skydiving. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and have been doing that for 20 years. I did that for 20 years, pretty steady. Nice. Um, and then when my brother got out of college and moved down to Florida uh, to work at an aerospace company, um, one of the things he had wanted to do that was on his, his lifetime list was, was to learn how to go scuba diving. And so when, when, he, start, when he started scuba diving, I, I got certified too, and we did a bunch of diving. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, okay, okay. I have I have some questions. If you don't mind pausing for a second, because I no, love right I love I, I love this kind of stuff. So you said Midwest. Where do you consider Where do you consider yourself from? Well, it, okay. So that's kind of crazy. Um, I was born <laughs> I was born in Mississippi. Okay. okay. I'm from okay. Louisiana. So so yeah. There, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Same neck yeah. of the woods. And and my brother was also born in Mississippi. Okay. But we lived, we lived, you know, he, three years later, but we lived uh, somewhere else in between. Okay. I think, I think we were in, um, um, oh, Texas in between. Gotcha. Uh, and, then, and then back to Mississippi, and we moved 15 different times before high school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So I you're know. just from, yeah, you're just from everywhere. <laughs> well, and, and, yeah, all over the South and Southwest. We lived in Louisiana. Okay. Um, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Iowa, nice. Illinois. Uh, we lived overseas in South Korea for a couple years. Oh wow! What part of Louisiana? I gotta ask. Um, I think it's Metairie. Okay, yeah, right. That's a sub suburb of uh, New Orleans, kind of. Yeah, you know, New Orleans yeah. metro area. Yep, yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, we were. It was. It was uh, in conjunction with. Uh, uh, my dad's specialty was erecting tall steel structures. Yeah. Uh, for for a for a large West Coast you know construction firm, and it was in conjunction with a new oil refinery going in. Okay. And yeah. so I, I I think we were a little closer to the Gulf. It might not have, but I, the name yeah. sticks in my mind. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah all the, okay, that's cool. And, and um, all right. So so you're from there, and then. Uh, downhill skiing. Okay. You're going to find it hard to believe this. And a lot of the listeners might, because a lot of them are from the mountains and, and I, I do race in the mountains, but I've never been skiing or snowboarding. But if you believe that or not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, 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 uh, so, um, anyway, that's, that's on my list along with the other thing that you did. So, so you did downhill skiing competitively. Um, that's cool. Uh, I can, I can see that being an adrenaline thing, but not as much as the skydiving, which is on my list to do too, that I haven't done yet. But so you've done skydiving. Was it like, um, I mean, did y'all do like formation stuff or just, so, just so, okay. So, so you, you, this is a mostly audio podcast. I can't, I can't really pick up pictures. I don't think. Um, but I, I started back in the era when recreational skydiving meant, going out with a round parachute, you okay. know, like a yeah, military, yeah. a military surplus parachute. And, and, and I, I think I've got, you know, 25 jumps on round parachutes, nice. uh, out of, out of just under a thousand total now, oh, wow. uh, jumps and, and it, over 20 years, you know, and, and, and about 12 of those years were the most concentrated. Yeah. Um, and so then I got into, you know, and if you're into the, if you're into the history of, of skydiving, you know, the first the first Ram Air parachutes were five cells. OK. OK. And and they did not have the best performance. You know, they, they didn't have the glide ratio that we do now. Um, and so a lot of people converted those five cell Ram Air parachutes to seven cell 
Um, and so I, I did a lot of jumping on a converted seven cell uh, parafoil, um, which also means that I'm familiar with every low speed malfunction you can have, <laughs> nice. you know, <laughs> yeah, because uh, once, once that once that parachute deploys, you would get closed end cells, you know, yeah, yeah, and it, that can be a little that can be a little stressful. Right. So. Um, but I, you know, I got really comfortable that, oh yeah, there it goes again, you know, and, and, and pumping, you know, pumping the brake lines to help to open up the cells, you know? Oh man, that's crazy. And, and like, if a brake line releases on opening, now you're in a tight spiral that, that could conceivably wrap up the whole parachute, you know? So <laughs> yeah. you gotta, so you gotta, you gotta correct that pretty quickly, you know? And, and, um, it was exciting. It was exciting. And then you were talking about formation stuff. I, I was, uh. I was on the very first 50-way um, formation in Illinois. Nice. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a beautiful picture of that. Um, and then I was on several of the 100, um, 120, and 144-way attempts. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. That's I've awesome. Got some good, I've got some good photography of that. But, but, you know, like a lot of things, like everything, okay, like everything that, that had that kind of an origin – it is so sophisticated now. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got, you've got, you've got swoop competitions. Yeah. Um, you know, where you see people skimming at 80 miles an hour over the ground, you know, or six, 60 plus and uh, 80 in the downs. And, and you've got, you know, freak flying, you know, head down flying and you've got wingsuit flying. Yeah. Uh, you've got, you've got proximity wingsuit where people are skirting around the, the terrain, the mountains. I yeah. would dearly, I would dearly love to get back into and do some of that. I really oh would. man, that's those things I see the videos and I just pucker, man. I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't, you don't always have to be, you know, skimming the top of the grass either. You can, you know, you yeah. can keep a safe, a safe distance and still, um, and still have an incredible time, an incredible experience. Yeah. You know. Hey. So you said because I'm not I'm not you know I haven't been skydiving yet and it's on my list and to my wife's chagrin because she, <laughs> she yeah. but I, I want to do it and um but like you said the 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 just around military parachutes I mean so I'm assuming those you just basically fall you fall out of a plane and this just kind of makes you fall slower and you don't have a whole lot of control over where you go or what you you know where you land okay so a, a, a ram air parachute has about a 25 30 mile an hour forward speed. Okay. Okay. That's that's a ram air, a wing, and so okay. and so those you can land anywhere you want. You you yeah. can you can be extremely uh, maneuverable with those. Okay. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, the round parachutes only had about six miles an hour of forward <laughs> speed. So so you had some discretion as to whether or not you landed in the tree or next to the tree. <laughs> Got you. you know? Not very much. <laughs> or 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 in the middle of or in the middle of Illinois, where I where I did all my early skydiving. You know. Um, we were on a golf course. Okay. Uh, the, 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 the airstrip is right down the center of a golf course. And, and, you know, we always had instructions, try not to land on the golfers. You know? <laughs> nice. So, nice. That's, that's so great. we would, we would maneuver to stay away from the golfers, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. That's really cool. I had, I, I'm yeah. sorry to, pa and, to pause just, your, your just, story, but just, I had to ask just, about it. Yeah. No, and just one real quick thing. Um, yeah. the, if you ever want to check that off your bucket list, go do a tandem. Yeah, a tandem because that that's where that's where you're strapped to an experienced skydiver. Yeah, um, I've done a lot of tandem training as the passenger, you know. Um, yeah. and it's it's like it's like having you know it's like a, a a little bitty airline where you've got one first class seat, and <laughs> and it's it's also the safest form of skydiving. You really should do it. 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's probably what I would do, you know, just get out there and, uh, you know, with somebody that knows exactly what they're doing and just strap myself to them and, and, uh, enjoy the ride. <laughs> I know, I know you got to watch it though. It could be uh, compelling. It could be <laughs> some, something you would go back for. Oh man. I'm, I'm addicted to running enough. My wife would well, be and, like, and, Oh no. <laughs> and, 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 and so, and so we would be out at the drop zone. I would be out at the drop zone all weekend. Right. And yeah. in, be- in between loads, um, there was a small group of us who would go running. Oh, nice. And, you know, so like we're out in the middle of, of cornfields in Illinois. Right. And there was a small group. We would go running, you know, um, um, farm is broken up into mile long, you know, segments. Yeah. And so, you know, a nice four mile run to just run around the big block, you know. Nice. Yeah. Hey, did you know that in Florida, I, th- I think it's still um, still. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still there. It's called the Skydive Ultra. It's an ultra marathon. You skydive. And I think the whole thing is on an airfield. The, the, the ultra marathon is on an airfield. So the first thing you do is you skydive, like probably tandem and uh, you land, unstrap, change it, throw your shoes on and, and go. And you start. It's it's the skydive ultra. And, and you can do it without the skydive portion of it. But why, why would you go do the skydive ultra without jumping out of a you plane? Gotta, I mean, <laughs> you got to do the whole thing. And so yeah. what is it like a 50 K? Um, I think, I think it goes up to a hundred miles if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I wow. think you can, do, I think you can do, I think there probably is a 50 K and, and, yeah. and maybe a hundred K, but yeah, 50 mile maybe. But, uh, I saw that and I was like, oh man, how do you, how do you like, concentrate on running at even pace after the adrenaline of jumping out of a plane, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. a big adrenaline dump and then go run. <laughs> so, I know. I know. but, uh, but, uh, yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. Anyway, so 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 um so in the running, okay, in the running, you know, you, you might say all these experiences are unrelated and irrelevant, but you know when you when you're putting swim fins on your feet, um, when you're putting skis on your feet and racing, especially, you really get sensitive to the underfoot experience, mm-hmm. the underfoot feel, yeah. and and I also did a bunch of uh, rollerblade racing you know, inline oh. skate racing for a, okay. for a while there yeah. and, and got really, you know, I used to imagine, I mean, cruising along on inline skates, we, we, we would do, you know, uh, my brother and I would, would seek out the, the, the good pavement, you know, and yeah. do, and go do, and go do 25, 30 mile round trips on nice. the, on the, on the inline skates. And you can do that in like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so you're flying along. And I used to imagine, you know, how awesome would it be if, if I could run like this? Yeah, you know, yeah. if, I, if I had the kind of equipment that would allow you to run like this. And and then when I got now we're kind of zooming forward to 95. OK, I had tried to complete a couple marathons mm-hmm. in the 80s um, yeah. and ended up getting injured, you know, okay. ended up getting injured uh, e- either, you know, knee related uh, problem you know, like misalignment. Yeah. And uh, some of it, I think, was running on crowned roads, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. out in the out in the boonies. Um, <laughs> I think that contributed to some of it. And, and I ended up buying, you know, like everyone's got a bag full of old orthotics. Yeah, that may or may not have worked well for them. Um, and when I finally completed my first Chicago in 95, OK, when I finally completed Chicago in 95, I was with uh, CARA, Chicago Area Runners Association. Okay. And 
that year I became a pacer, a group a group leading pacer for Kara at, at the 10 minute pace, which yeah. is is definitely mid pack. You know, I'm not a yeah. fast runner. Uh, I was a fast ski racer, you know, yeah. and I and I was a good competitive skydiver, but but um, you know, kind of a middle of the pack runner, and I was fine with that because it was yeah. again, it was it was it was just you know, it was always. It was always wonderful to see, you know, how I could push like, oh, this is my first 15 miler and this is my first, you know, 18. And now I'm doing the 20 and now we're tapering for the marathon. And and um, at the same time, though, in that particular summer, 95, when when I'm doing my first marathon, I also got a, a brand. I won't mention the brand, but I got a brand new pair of shoes that, whose forefoot was so stiff. The forefoot was so stiff that I got a really nasty Achilles tendon injury. Oh wow! Okay. And 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 they were expensive shoes. Um, and I was down in Florida with my brother, who's an aerospace engineer. If you've seen the, uh, if you've seen the deployable antenna on on satellites, that sort of thing, he designs that stuff. Oh wow! Okay. You know, so cool. so I I always say he's the he's the smart one. Um, <laughs> And I, I just built shoes, but my grandfather was <laughs> my grandfather was a cobbler on my mom's side, so I come by it honestly, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, that's cool. And, and and so I was down there with my brother, and I was so mad at these shoes that I took a bread knife. I, I, I've been doing this to, to shoes, you know, for as long as I've been running. You know, when a pair of shoes would get too worn out for me to really care about them anymore, I would bread knife them in half. Just to see, you know, what's going on in this shoe and what are they doing and and yeah. what makes it tick and why did I like this one? And there you go. And why doesn't my daughter just showed me her shoes okay. and uh, <laughs> and why isn't this one working? You know, and and so that brand new pair of shoes, I bread knife them apart and I was really upset. They were so full of structure. They were so full of structure that that. You know, there was no way that that forefoot was ever going to be soft enough to not yeah. hurt the tendons. And I'm sitting there with my brother. You know, we might have been having a a, a beverage, you know, in the evening kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I could do better than this. I really could do better than this. And and I spent most of my career at Bell Labs and, and other computer companies uh, doing okay. telephony and other kinds of computer work. But But, you know, growing up, we both did a lot of mechanical engineering. I worked on motorcycles a lot growing up. Uh, cars, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I went through a phase where I raced motorcycles. Um, <laughs> and I said, I could do better than this. And he's sitting there and, and he, you know, he got really serious. And he said, you know, if you think you could do a better job than that right there, you should try. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, here we go. And, and, and so that really kind of, and, and, you know, I'd been cutting shoes apart and I'd been running, uh, for decades before that, but in 95, when I, you know, that summer of training, that's when I started really paying attention to shoes and really starting to pay attention to the 30 or so people in my group, you know, the 10 minute group that I co-led with a, uh, another pace leader uh, at that time. And, and really looking at, you know, the, the kinds of experiences people were having in terms of their injuries and their performance and their ability to lose weight you know, mm -hmm. which is often a common goal for 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 um, new marathoners, you know. Yeah. And. I really got critical of the shoes. Hmm. It's like everything else is getting so good. You know, we were starting to see uh, carbon fiber really starting to make inroads into bicycle frames, you know, with Castrol yeah. and 
and track and people like that. And skis have always been, you know, skis have always been good. They've always been composite, even, you know, composite, even when they were wood. But, but now right. we're starting to see fully composite skis with foam cores and things like that. And, you know, and yet, okay, you know, and, 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 and tennis rackets, you know, we went from Wilson's wood that you had to clamp in a frame, okay? Yeah. Uh, we went from that to, you know, the first Prince rackets that were oversized head. And were marvelously light and marvelously stiff and really powerful with a huge sweet spot. So mm-hmm. everything's improving. You know, tennis rackets and racquetball rackets and bicycle frames and and uh, handlebars and cranks and things like that. And then skis. Okay. Yeah. Everything and 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 carbon fiber was all over motorsports. You know, auto yeah. racing, things like Big that. Um, everything's improving and running shoes are not. Mm. Running shoes aren't. Running shoes are stuck, you know, being cute little bits of apparel, you know, wherever, where, they, where they squirt the same cookie cutter, you know, foam in different colors and shapes and with different uppers. But it's essentially the same shoe. Mm. And, and, you know, there's a very real biomechanical principle that the shoe that feels good to you when you, when you try it out is good for you. Yeah. That's true. That's true. You know, humans are incredibly sensitive to um, the nuances of fit and gait. Mm -hmm. And so if the shoe's feeling good to you when you're actually running on it, because, you know, walking in the store with all the memory foam insoles and stuff, um, every shoe is going to feel good. You've got to actually run on it a little bit. Um, And once you do that, you know, this shoe compared to this one, you know, the one that feels better really is better for you. Okay, but. I started ordering um, biomechanical papers from different researchers. You know, uh-huh. I started I started sending off, you know, snail mail, stamped envelopes saying, could you send me back, you know, with an enclosed self-addressed stamped envelope? OK, and could you send me back this paper that you wrote? And these people, these these researchers, these biomechanists are they're great people. OK, I would oftentimes get the, the, the paper that I wanted and then five more, you know, that the oh, guy nice. had yeah. <laughs> that, he, that he thought I would like, you know, and they, and they stuck a bunch of extra postage on it themselves, you know. Yeah. And and I started reading all of these things and then cross referencing them uh, with other things that I had read. And and. In no sport, you know, and, 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 and this was this was ninety five now and. And, you know, now we're, I think by now we're going into 96, you know, and I'm doing another marathon. I, I did, I did 16 Chicago marathons. Nice. Um, and then 21 total so far. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I ended up getting, I ended up getting walking pneumonia, uh, in 2013. Yeah. And so 2013 was the last marathon that I did. Okay. Uh, I haven't done one since. I've really been actually trying to recover, trying to get back, you know, because yeah. the, the, the walking pneumonia was pretty bad for a while. Yeah. Um, and I had it for two months. It seemed oh, wow. I, I, the doctor, <laughs> the doctor told me that. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that's you know, that that can that can kill you, you know, the walking pneumonia. But he said, you know, you're you're just in such incredible shape. You're struggling yeah. along, you know. <laughs> um, but I was down in you know, what, how we discovered it. I was down in Florida. I was down in Florida with my brother uh, on a long bike ride and the return leg of that bike ride. I was really um, 
having trouble, you know, to the yeah. point where I had to get off and walk the bike. And my brother's like, this is not normal for you. You know, yeah. let's go, let's go to the ER, you know, and they x-rayed it and my lungs were full of fluid. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we did all kinds of stuff to, to get rid of that. And it's fine now. It's yeah. fine. But, but my running's not quite back where it was. I'm, I'm still doing, you know, eight and 10 milers. Right. Um, but I, I, I'm not doing marathons now and really i would like to get back into it with my own shoes yeah, uh, that, yeah. that would that would be the best way that would be um, a good, awesome yeah <laughs> i know that would be the best um but so now we're like 96 97 um and i'm getting all these papers back and really starting to pay attention to the people that were in my group as to what was working for them and what wasn't you know the blisters mm-hmm. the the bunions, the um, the plantar fasciitis, which seems to be everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. And looking at why is it happening? Because this is what I was going to say earlier. In no other sport, in no other sport, bicycling, endurance, you know, like long distance bicycling, you know, like ragbri, you know, the ride across Iowa, the the long r- rides, uh, skiing, you know, if you're doing thousands of feet of vertical a day. Um, in no other sport do people so completely expect to get injured yeah on a regular basis as running yeah that's true and it, it really kind of offended me you know <laughs> yeah it really it really did because i mean look at this you know if if you're a biker and you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to pay for the bike and you're willing to you know take the time and find a group and go do the long runs okay you get all these marvelous you know muscle development and aerobic benefits. Yeah. You get all this great stuff um, and you're not going to hurt yourself, you know, unless you, unless you, you know, unless you hit a patch of gravel and go down, you know, now you got to pick gravel out of your knees and hands, but, but, you know, injury is pretty infrequent, you know, Um, in running, however. Okay. And I I saw this all over the place. You know, no, no, no amount of proper stretching and proper warm up. Um, can seem, you know, there's no magic bullet to, to, to safeguard yourself yeah. from getting, from getting injured and, and one sprint, you know, one sprint on an uphill section at the end of your run, you know, you're, you're out doing 16 or something, one little sprint can, you know, now you, you pull up short and your hamstrings got a little twang in it. Yeah. And, and it's, and and it's not, it's nothing unusual. Same thing you've done 15 other times and I, yeah, I know. injury. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And now you're, you know, now you're, now you're, you know, effectively sidelined for yeah. weeks potentially. Um, and so I, I'm reading all these papers and some of the papers were actual studies of, of injury reduction rates using new running shoes. Mm. Okay. Using running shoes compared to whatever people had previously. And, and, I finally met Dr. Ben O'Nig, uh, Ben O'Nig, N-I-G-G, who is okay. the who was the preeminent, you know, running biomechanist in the world. Yeah. And he had sent me a bunch of papers and, and he's up in Calgary, Alberta. I called him, you know, uh, about one of his papers that said that there was no injury reduction provable, demonstrable uh, by using, you know, proper shoes, hmm. you know, cushioning motion control, stability shoes, you know, fitted, yeah. fitted to runners. It's like, 
there was no difference by in changing shoes in terms of reduced injury rates or severity. Yeah. Or severity. And and I called him and I said, can this possibly be true, Dr. Nig? You know, and he's he's Austrian or Swiss. And and he's like, oh, no, Len, you know, shoes, uh, shoes just don't seem to be doing it. You know, huh. just don't seem to be doing it. You know, and, and I said, well, what does um, what does reduce injuries? And uh, he said, you know, you flip your coin, I flip mine. <laughs> In know? other words, I don't know. <laughs> we, nobody knows. Um, you know, <laughs> it, 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 if you have the gift of good biomechanics, yeah. you know, if you were born with the gift of good biomechanics, you tend to you tend to have less injuries, hmm. you know. And there are a few things you can do, like, you know, try to lose some weight if you're trying if what you're trying to do is lose weight. Um, I helped my I helped at one point in his life coach my brother, you know, down from some weight to a lower weight. And yeah. I started him on a rowing machine. Yeah. You, you know, I, I bought and sent him a rowing machine down in Florida and he would crank away on that thing, um, you know, like a hamster on a wheel. And and he dropped significant weight. And then we talked about it and he bought a, a mountain bike. Yeah. You know, now he's biking in Florida. And, and and in the in the 30 whatever years since then, you know, he and his wife have developed a whole network of trails. They've gotten land grants. They've helped, you know, work with the cities to get yeah. greenways approved. And right. so he, he, he leads um, he leads a group um, that works to build mountain bike trail and they have a huge community down there okay and so in florida in florida yeah down down in he's he's down south and east of orlando in okay in in uh, palm bay area gotcha um great guy lovely guy you know and and so you know so you know if you're if you're trying to if you want to run you know and you're carrying a little weight it's best to find a a method you know elliptical trainer rowing machine um, stationary bike, you know, real bike to, to drop a little weight first, because, you know, that obviously impacts your, your, your impact levels. Yeah. Okay. In running. And, but, you know, it's, it's fairly well known that, that running builds capillaries in your muscles. It, it, it increases the density of your connective tissues. Yeah. You know, so you armor yourself in running yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And there was one study that somebody sent me, um, about twin sisters in college. One was a swimmer and the other was a, a track and field athlete. Mm -hmm. Okay. Twin sisters, otherwise identical, you know, yeah. uh, in, in all respects. And the one after four years of college had the runner had much higher bone density and, huh. and mass bone mass, you know, heavier bones, thicker bones and density of the material itself than the swimmer did. The swimmer had smaller, lighter bones. Yeah. You know, from from being in a, in a swimming environment. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Which only which only makes sense. You know, totally makes yeah. sense. Um, and so running, you know, and 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 maintaining bone density throughout your life is a is an is a noble goal, a worthwhile goal. Everyone should do it. You know. Yeah. Uh, men included, you know, but especially women. Yeah. Um. And, and so you know. My thought was, you know, I was developing an increasing body of thought and, and knowledge and notes and and cross-referenced, you know, papers uh, that was proving to me that, you know, not only is running a good thing for, mm -hmm. for people, OK, for the whole community that does it, um, but 
also that, you know, running uh, the way we're able to do it now is really, you know, is really injurious. <laughs> yeah. Running, running beats the heck out of you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I started looking at, you know, how do we, how do we lessen that? And, and, you know, out in the West suburbs of Chicago, uh, Kara, Chicago area runners, um, everyone runs on what's called the Illinois Prairie path. It's a, it's a rails to trails conversion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, starting in Wheaton at the zero mark, you can go east. You can go east, I think, 18 miles, you know, yeah. all the way to Cook County. You can go northwest all the way to Elgin, you know, an, another 15 miles or so. Yeah. Uh, you can go south and west, um, you know, all the way out to Aurora. And so it's easy to string together a run of any length you want out in the yeah. west suburbs of Illinois. And so that surface being a rails to trails, you know. Yeah, that that surface is all crushed limestone. And okay. compared compared to the lakefront, I've done a lot of running at the lakefront, which is all concrete or asphalt, you know. Yeah. Um, compared to concrete or asphalt, that 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 surface is very forgiving, that crushed mm -hmm. limestone. I've run 100 miles on one of those rails to trails. I've done 200 milers on it. And it's so nice. <laughs> it's much better it, on your feet. I know. I know. Yeah. So, see, you, you see this, you know, and, and so long as you've got the, you know, the proper gator, you know, so that you're not constantly yeah, scooping, exactly. yeah, constantly <laughs> scooping um, um, gravel out of your socks, you know, yeah. out of your shoes. Uh, it's a beautiful surface, but still people were getting injured. OK, yeah. um, you know, we had a very close working relationship with all the physical therapist groups, you <laughs> yeah, know, in yeah. that area. And, and they would come out and they would do you know, free talks for people, sports medicine talks and, you know, clinics on stretching and on, mm -hmm. you know, proper use of a foam roller and and all of that sort of thing, you know, to help, you know, to help keep your injury rates down. But still. Um, running was beating people up, running was injuring people. And at the same time as this is all going on, I'm working in the computer industry, you know, mm -hmm. And I'm um, I'm flying in and out of O'Hare a lot. Yeah. And at O'Hare at that time, down on the parking level, there were these black rubber moving sidewalks made by Dunlop. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool because you know coming from the motorcycle background, it's like oh look you know I'm some I'm, tires. <laughs> I'm walking on a giant Dunlop tire here. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, and. The thing of it was, though, those black rubber moving sidewalks, as, as compared to like the metal ones, the metal ones are just really firm, like a like an escalator. OK, yeah, those black rubber moving sidewalks had a real had a real springy trampoline like surface to them. I mean, you would move up and down an inch. Yeah. OK, if you if you bounced on it, you'd go up and down an inch, maybe a little more. Um and going through there so many times, you know, I was a frequent flyer for years, a decade or more. Um, going through there, I, occasionally I would set down my, you know, my my bag of, of computer parts, you know, and, and, and my clothing bag and all that and take off the jacket. And I would I would run back and forth. <laughs> I would run back and forth on these belts. Yeah. Um, thinking, wow, this is really a, a, an excellent surface. I mean, if you've been on a nice composite track, a nice, a nice reclaimed tire track at a high school or mm -hmm. something or a college, those feel pretty good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This belt felt five times better. Really? 
It was awesome. It was yeah. great. And and I, I used to imagine like I want that belt to go 26 miles, you know, <laughs> yeah. like like down in Louisiana, like across Lake Pontchartrain, you know, <laughs> That's right, the, 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 yeah. the, the 20 mile long bridge, you know. Yeah. Um, I want to just run this belt for 26 miles and see how that marathon feels. And and one evening as I'm researching all of this and as I'm trying to, you know, figure out what works better in shoes. One evening on a weekend, I got the idea. I planned for it. Um, I took a, a bag, you know, I took a, a cooler with some Gatorade and I took a, a bag with a, a change of clothes if I needed it. And I went out to O'Hare and I didn't have a flight or anything. Um, I just wanted to run on the belt. Really? You know, because there were five of them and they were, I don't know, they were, huh, they were each a couple hundred feet long, yeah. you know, two, 250 maybe. And there was like 30 feet in between them. So the, the, the segments. Um, and I went out there and that evening, just for whatever reason, they were all shut off. There were there was a crew there working on the equipment closet, you know, that, that powered everything. And and I said, do you guys care if I and, you know, they, they weren't blocked off. They were just shut yeah. off. And I said, do you guys care if I run on these things? And they're like, you know, whatever floats your boat, dude, yeah, you know? whatever, crazy man, <laughs> Whatever, go, go ahead. And it was yeah. a it was it was pre 9-11. So it was a it yeah. was a, a more relaxed era. Yeah. And uh, nobody cared. And I sat down all my stuff and I did a couple out and backs on the belt. And then I thought, you know what? I'm taking my shoes off. And I took my shoes and socks off, you know, and I think I was running a New Balance shoe at that time, you know, just that that I really loved. I'd run it in that model of marathons, uh, several marathons. And I took it off. And then I, I did a couple out and backs and I thought, you know what? This feels pretty good. I took off and started, you know, timing myself and I'd measured them all, the gaps and the belts themselves. I knew, you know, I knew how long it would be and how many laps and everything. Um, and I ran a half marathon nice. on the belt, <laughs> That's you know, awesome. <laughs> all, the, all the way, all the way out, turn around, all the way back, turn yeah. around. Um, and I kind of like, you know, did a, a, a barefoot gate, you know, kind of a, kind of a, a an on your toes gate between the belts, you know. Yeah. Um, but every time, and so it was, uh, and, and, and I might walk some of the time I walked a little bit between the belts, you know, that little short distance. And so it was a little bit like interval training because as soon as I would hit the belt, it just, I just wanted to fly, you know, I just wanted to go and I'm watching my pace, you know, I've got my garm or was it a garment at the time? I don't know what it was. Um, But I'm watching my pace thinking, wow, you know, I'm really cranking. I'm really flying along here. And at the end of that half marathon, you know, I, 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 I did it. I did the the thirteen point two in, I think it was like two hours five, you know, which is fast yeah. for me. Fast yeah. for me. My my marathon PR is four twenty three, and yeah. that was that was with my shoe, you know. Yeah. With without my shoe, my marathon PR was four thirty eight. Yeah. And which actually the first time I ran this design of shoe, because I've I've run other designs in 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 ten k's and halves and fifteen milers and all that sort of thing. Um, but the first time I ran the current design of this shoe in a marathon, I cut 15 minutes off my PR. Oh, wow. <laughs> which, which was, which was 6%. Yeah, that's huge. Okay. And that was in 2002 in Chicago. Um, and so this, you know, prior to that marathon with, with my shoe, the best run I'd ever had was this half marathon at about 205 on these belts in Chicago. And, and that was an epiphany. 
that yeah. was an, that was a obviously at this point 20 years later 20 plus years later it was a life-changing experience right yeah it really was um wow. and i resolved i resolved to find a way to put that suspension effect and you know you give an engineer two hours to think about something you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. while they're doing it they're going to come up with some ideas and and i really had it figured out i think and i still do think so um and we're, you know, we've got, we're, we're trying to capture some of it in patents and everything, but the, um, and we already did, we've got a, we've got patents in the U S and China already. Yeah. Um, what it seemed to be and, and coming from motorcycle suspension, working on motorcycle suspension, coming from skis, which, you know, because of the camber of a ski, you've got a definite suspension there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, downhill racing skis and coming from mountain bike suspension. Okay. Uh, coming from that whole world of being, you know, really engaged in that stuff. What occurred to me in that run on that belt for that, you know, 13 miles was that the suspension travel, the suspension travel of that belt that I was experiencing with every stride was key, literally key to the reduced stress I was feeling on my large muscle groups, my quads and hamstrings and calves and low back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And not merely the travel, but the kind of travel, you know, the yeah. kind of travel it was, you know, you could, you could, you could, you could build, you could build right next to that moving suspension. You could move right next to that moving sidewalk belt. You could have built, um, a track with with running shoe foam EVA, you know, that was three feet wide, th four feet wide and, you know, an inch and a half thick, you know, the same distance. And I could have run on that and I would have come in at, at 230. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have wow. come in at 205. And why is that? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. You answer yeah. that question, you know, you're you're on the path to to driving yourself mad or, or finding enlightenment, one of the two, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but the reason you would be slower, everyone knows this. If you've ever run in, in mud, you know, yeah. if you've ever done a cross country, you know, or run on the sand, like barefoot mm -hmm. in the sand, wet oh, yeah. sand, you know, which I've done a lot in Florida yeah. uh, with my brother, which is a great way to strengthen your feet. Okay. But it's, it's a, it's an awful way to try to go fast. Yeah. That's not yeah. happening. That's not no, happening. No. And and the reason is is that foam, foam is highly damping. Mm. Okay, foam is highly damping, and and that's why the minimalist craze was such a cool thing for a while, such a inspiring thing. You know, is that yeah. let's get rid of all this highly damping foam and just run with a minimalist shoe. You know, and yeah. see how that works. Well, okay, what that all that really did, or what that did. You know, one of the big features of that era was that everyone found out who has good mechanics, who has good gate mechanics. <laughs> well, well, so let me, let me, let me pause you for a second there because sure. when I started running in 2000 and I had ACL reconstruction 2009 Ow. and I, while I was rehabbing it, I had never run a race and I set a goal to run a marathon within a year. And so I read born to run and so when I ran my first, so, so I, I was pretty fortunate cause I was building up from, you know, from a surgery and, and I was really paying attention to my mechanics and running kind of the, the pose method or chi method, yeah. kind of those types of things. And I ended up, I ran my first marathon in the Vibram five finger shoes 
and did great, you know, like did, did really well. And so it was, uh, so that's kind of, see, when see, see, I, see I, I've gotten up to like six miles, six and a half miles in the, in the, in the Vibram five fingers Yeah. to run a full marathon in that, man, you must be, you must have some excellent gate mechanics. Well, and I, I, you know, and then I, but it ended up biting me later on. Um, you know, I was, uh, trying to PR a half and ended up with a stress fracture, uh, down the road, but I did a lot of, I mean, I did a lot of road running. And, um, so, you know, I ended up having to, to, to find padded shoes that would promote proper running form, you know, for me. And so as you were talking, I I wanted to bring out two things real quick. Um, I read an article that, which you said about runners and injuries that, that, um, I don't know for, for, Runners for insurance companies are kind of a quandary because, boy, we got healthy hearts and good lungs and and all that, but we're always hurting ourselves. So, you know, so it's kind of that both and deal. You know, we're always having fractures and having to see this or, you know, and and deal with those injuries. But, boy, we got really good. Like you said, just just everything else is is healthy. And um, uh, the other thing is I was thinking as you're. I thought of you running on at the airport on on those those belts. Uh, if that if if those would have been made of anything else, who knows where, if we'd be talking right now? Uh, you know, material I know, wise, I know, right? Uh, but um, what you what you and and I want you to speak to this, and I think you will. But one of the hard things about stuff underfoot for runners is we want to absorb a lot of the. I guess the the shock of running, you know, we're running on on a lot of times on pavement, on hard stuff, um, and and we want to absorb that, but we also need some feedback, you know, we also need something to help propel us forward, and so that material is, you know, the way a shoe is engineered has to have, I mean, it's got to be that, I, I don't know, that balance in between there, right? So, so, so what, well, you know, you asked a very complex question. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, and I don't, what, I mean, what you're saying, what you're saying is, is that the material can't be too soft. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Too squishy. And you're just like, like, kind of like what you were saying with the foam, it, it, it takes away all of the energy that you need to run. Um, you know, that you want to propel See, you forward. Here's, here's an example. Here's an example. Okay. Um, you're right. The material cannot be too soft. And the problem, the problem with foam Mm -hmm. is that it's very nonlinear. And what that means is um, if you've ever taken one of those stress balls that you squeeze in your hand, if you, if you take your hand and you push on it, it's soft, soft, hard. Okay. Yes. Soft, soft, hard. When you bottom out on it, it's soft, soft, then hard. Okay. Yeah. Well, it turns out, if you read enough biomechanical papers, okay, and, and talk with these people, okay, it turns out that your body hates nonlinearity. Hmm. Okay. okay. Just hates it. And the cost, okay, because one of the first things you learn in trying to design any engineering system, especially especially mechanical things, uh, there is no free lunch. Okay. <laughs> you know, when yeah. you, when you're trying to when you're trying to design suspension. Okay. Um, there is no free lunch. It's like, um, you make the, uh, you make the, uh, springs on a motorcycle stiffer and now you're going to get like a harmonic resonance resonance in the, uh, in the frame. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You stiff, you stiffen up the front and rear suspension. Now the frame's going to become the weak link and now it's, it's causing instability, you know, but you stiffen up the frame and the suspension now the tires are letting go, 
you know, <laughs> yeah. and you, yeah. and you have, and you have to, you have to, you have to put more cord in the tires and run higher pressures, you know, to, to stiffen them up. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now, now the rubber's shearing right off the tire. <laughs> You just yeah, energy is neither not not created or destroyed. You're just moving it, it, it around. It's always going somewhere, okay. And Doctor Nig, back to Ben O'Nig, okay. Yeah. And he had a he had a a, a paper on something he called muscle tuning. Hmm. Muscle okay. tuning, and what that is, here's a good example. What that is, if you um, if you're coming down your stairs in your house at night. Yeah. OK. And you think you're on the bottom stair and you step off and you're one stair high. OK. And you, <laughs> yes. slam, you slam, you slam into the into the floor and you're like, holy cow, I nearly killed myself. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. What then? You might say something. Right. Yeah. Um, if you were coming down during the day and, and went off one stair high, it would be a non-event. You would just yeah. boink. You would just boink down that from that one stair high and keep on going. You wouldn't even notice it. Well, what's yeah. the difference? The difference is you didn't see it. Yeah. You didn't see that you were one stair high, and yet your muscle tuning, your your muscles were tensioned for the landing from being on the bottom stair. Okay. But you were one stair high, which required a lot more muscle tensioning, and you nearly crashed into the opposite <laughs> wall, you know? Yeah. Well, so, so Ben O'Nig had this, this concept he called muscle tuning, saying that, for every step you take, okay, for every step you take, th- your, your body, your quads, your calves, your hamstrings, your low back, um, your, your, your trunk, your core, everything is tensioning an appropriate amount for that next landing. Mm. The next okay. step in your gait, the next landing that you do, you're tensioned to be able to take it in stride and move right through it, okay? Yeah. Well, there's a cost. Again, there's a cost for everything. Yeah. And and the muscle tuning that you're doing when you're running takes into account the energy needed to stabilize your ankle. Mm-hmm. And it takes into, into account the energy needed to arrest your downwards motion, carry it through, and then lift back up into the next stride. Okay. And it takes into account the energy needed to overcome the dampening of your midsoles, your foam midsoles. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's true. See, see how this sounds simple, but it gets very complex very quickly. Well, and, and okay, Chris, this is an ultra running podcast, and I just I'm amazed that the human body that you know over the course of a marathon, uh, uh, or an ultra marathon, that our body makes all these calculations and does all these things. Thousands and thousands of times, you know, just back to back, back to back. That's that just that's pretty amazing, <laughs> you know. Well, it, it is. And and back when I lived in Illinois, okay, we, we're in Indiana now, my family and I. Okay. Back when I lived in Illinois, um, I had a, a close relationship with different chiropractors over the years, you know, because yeah, uh, just you know, happened to find that that was a a good tool, you mm-hmm. know, a very useful tool to keep in the tool bag for maintaining, you know, uh, your, your physical health, right. To, yeah. to, 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 keep off the bench. And one of my, um, one of my, um, chiropractors was an ultra marathoner. Okay. Okay. I mean, had done lots of hundred milers. You would know the guy probably, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a fairly tight knit community. And he had done lots of, of, of hundred milers, you know, uh, Leadville, 
we would talk about that. We would talk about that um, experience in terms of um, the toll on his body, you yeah. know, and the nutrition, the ongoing nutrition, you know, mm-hmm. that he would have to do to maintain uh, not only his pace, you know, but but his nutrition level to refuel to make sure that the, the gate didn't break completely down. Yeah. You know, because once you get into that break, breaking down phase, you know, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And if you're at 80 miles of a, of a hundred miler, you're going to have a, a tough next few hours. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, very, very unhappy. Um, but the guy, you know, looked like a pretty average guy. He was he was he was whip it thin, you know, mm-hmm. um, but for his thin frame, he was very muscular, you know, yeah. in that in that long, lean muscle way. And the uh, the Chris McDougal book, The Born to Run that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. OK. He was talking about the Tara Humara Indians mm-hmm. who who looked, I'm sure, physically very much like my chiropractor, long, yeah. lean, muscular guys. OK. And so uh, not surprisingly, you know, he liked a minimalist shoe. My chiropractor liked a minimalist shoe. But of of the number of people and it's more a mental phenomenon than anything of the number, the tens and hundreds of thousands of people who've done a marathon. You know, and that yeah. used to be kind of a, a, a way out there goal, you know, kind of a crazy thing uh, yeah. to do. Um, but as all these programs, as all these programs, you know, became popular and more widely known, you know, for training people how to run a marathon. You know, I, I at, at Kara, I trained people how to run marathons for 17 years. Yeah. OK. I've trained hundreds of people how to run marathons and including my wife, you know, who is now yeah. my wife. Right. She was in my group. That's um, cool. it, it is cool. And. Um, and all those people, very few of them fit that body type, that soma type of a, yeah. of an ectomorph, uh, kind of a meso ectomorph, you know, with the long, lean muscles, but fairly light to begin with. OK. Yeah. Very few people fit that, including me, you know. I'm more of a mesomorph. I'm more like I'm built for bike racing or ski racing, right. you know, and, and not running so much. But here I am. I've done, you know, yeah. 21 marathons and would love to do more, really would. Um, but for everybody else, OK, and, and now you're that's just the athlete pool. If you look at your regular life, OK, mm-hmm. if you look at your regular life, walking upright is tough on the human population, <laughs> It's yeah. tough on people. If you walk or if you notice, you know, and I do, it's just I, I've trained myself into it all these decades. If you notice, there's tons of people out there who experience chronic pain. Yeah. Just just to walk throughout the day. Yeah. Just just to walk. And and I've given my shoes, our prototypes to some of these people and, and some of their some of their testimonials are on our website right now, you know. Um, yeah. pe- people with spinal stenosis, you know, which is a constriction uh, yeah. down in the spinal cord at the base of the back, uh, down in the lumbar vertebra, um, people with, you know, knee replacements and hip replacements. And, and, you know, they might be carrying some weight, you know, and once you start that negative spiral of degrading your connective tissue, degrading your cartilage, you know, you, you, you might be looking at 20, 30, 40 years of your life left, okay? But 
who wants to go through it, you know, with having to having to move painfully? Yeah. You yeah. know, and so so part of my journey in this biomechanical study, it started out, you know, it started out. How do I how do I help runners get less injured? You yeah. know, and it wasn't really about it wasn't really about, oh, let's go faster. But yeah. it, tur- it turns out it turns out that if you if you manage the energy of the stride in such a way as to, you know, as to reduce the impact spikes, okay, to, to, to attenuate those impact spikes, yeah. there's two. There's two. When you look at a ground reaction force plate, okay, there's okay. two. The, the heel-in spike is what everyone expects to see, but as you roll over the metatarsals, there's also a four-foot spike. Huh, okay. And, and that's, and, and they're, they're both equally damaging, okay? Hmm. Anytime you get a stress fracture, you know, in your bones, in your hips, your, your, the long bones of your leg or your hip, uh, your pelvis, um, it's, it's that spike of energy traveling through your bone structure, eventually causing, you know, a, a, a bone break. Okay. A crack. Yeah. Huh. And, and if you can attenuate those spikes of energy, okay. And that this, you know, this isn't my opinion. This is, this is, compiled from having talked with many, many different biomechanists and physical therapists and orthopedic surgeons. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is, this is, you know, what they've all told me one little piece at a time. And, and if you can manage that energy in such a way as to reduce the, the workload, the, the shock load on the muscles and on the bones and on the connective tissues, it also makes you faster. Huh. That's interesting. And, uh, and, and, well, and that's kind of and, and then every time I hear a new piece of data like that and then take it back to that run on those on those moving sidewalks. Right. Yeah. That were yeah. stopped that night. Um, it makes sense because that was a very fast run. And at the end of it, I felt like I could do it all again. I felt like I, I could I, I was fresher than I've ever been at the end of a half marathon. Wow. OK. <laughs> and so and so. I take that knowledge that I just want to make runners less injured and make them, you know, fresher. Mm-hmm. You know, I always wished I could be fresher at the 20 mile mark. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. You know, what if I could get to the 20 mile mark and then go have like a three or four hour nap, you know, and <laughs> yeah. maybe eat something, maybe come back the next day and finish yeah. that last six. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, you can't do that. You know, yeah. that's not how it works, but, but, if you manage that energy correctly, you're fresher at that yeah. end of the marathon. And well, what about someone, you know, it turns out that a lot of people, if you're a, a, a nurse, if you're a postal person, if you're a warehouse worker, you're you're doing a half marathon every day. Yeah. Every day. You know, if you're an iron worker, if you're out on a construction site, you're putting in a lot more miles than you realize. Yeah. OK. And. Yeah. You look at people who've worked their whole lives and have, and, and, and have the scars to show for it. I mean, sometimes literally, you know, with these knee replacements and, and that sort of thing, hip replacements. Um, the mission for me got bigger than merely running. Yeah, it really did. It got bigger than running. It's like, how do we make all these people? How, how can we turn footwear from a a fairly cheap commodity, okay, into a tool for mobility 
for enhancing mobility for someone's whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And, huh. and so that's where we are right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, back. Okay. So we haven't even gotten into the developmental story yet <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. of the shoe, but I've gone through very high volume air, you know, uh, if, if we were, if we were, if we were video, I know you're mostly, uh, uh, audio. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I show you this shoe, would, can, 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 can I go mobile here for a second? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could show okay. it to me. Yep. Okay. Look at this. And, and for those of you listening, I'll put, be posting this on the YouTube and we'll have pictures on the website so you can see it. Okay. okay. So see, look at this shoe. Okay. This was a, a, a nice Nike zoom air shoe, yeah. you know, way yeah. back when, but look at this. <laughs> so for those of you who can't see he just got a uh i don't know a big it's it looks a, like a brick on the bottom <laughs> it's a it's a it's a big it's a big rectangular parachute pack cordura enclosure for an inner tube okay okay for, i think it was a, i think it was a, a 24 inch inner tube um maybe it was a maybe it was a 700c i forget now but but you know, I built channels to route that thing, yeah. um, and then when when inflated to about 16, 17 pounds, um, I'm getting a good I'm getting a good you know inch and a quarter of suspension travel <laughs> nice. out of that thing. And I ran I ran a couple of different 10Ks in that. Oh, really? I That's... did, and <laughs> and it worked it worked pretty well. Okay. Yeah. It worked pretty well, and I thought, well, you know, this is this is the kind of shoe Nike's going to make any day now, right? Well, yeah. you know, now they're getting into some high volume air, but it, it, you know, it seems to be mostly cosmetic, you yeah. know, um, and not really that functional. Um, but hey, you know, it sells shoes, and why not? It's a good thing, and if it and if it gets people, no, it really is a good thing. I'm not yeah. being, you know, snarky, um, because if, if someone sees that and thinks, wow, that looks cool, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to start going around the block, you yeah. know, good for them, right? Yeah. They're going to end up with health, better health. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, better cardio, and, and their heart will be stronger, and it's all good. Anything that gets you outdoors, yeah. you know, even if a, 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 an experienced ultramarathoner wouldn't consider it or would, or would, you know, laugh at it, if it gets somebody else outside, it's a good thing. It really is. Okay. Yeah. So I, and, and before, okay, so before I got into the, uh, the, 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 the high volume air, um, I was looking at materials. Like, is there, a, is there a material that would do this better than the EVA foam is doing? Yeah. And, and very quickly, I, I concluded, no, there, there can't be. It's an impossibility because, and, and jello is a good way to, to, to see why. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's say you've got a, a cube of jello on your plate. You know, like mm -hmm. you can get from from a hospital cafeteria where my where my wife works and I've eaten a bunch of it. OK, <laughs> um, you know, she 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 runs food service at hospitals. OK. And uh, and so I, we, we used to visit her all the time. Anyway, so you've got your cube of jello and, you know, you, you shake the plate and that thing's twisting and moving. Yeah. So its properties, its properties are omnidirectional. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a homogenous material whose properties exist in every direction. There's yeah. no there's no structure to it. And so if I push on the top of that cube of jello, mm -hmm. it wants to go like this. It wants to it wants to slide all over the place. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's why a hoka outsole, midsole, is so wide and so flared. Ah. They're trying to keep the, the ankle stable, you know, and not rolling off of that tall, thick midsole. Yeah. And you're like, well, why is a hoka, which is my favorite, I love hokas, it's my favorite foam shoe right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, why is a hoka so tall to begin with? Remember me saying that um, that foam is soft, soft, and hard? Yeah. Soft, soft, hard. Hoke is trying to keep you in that soft, soft range. Without getting to the hard. Yeah. Without getting to the hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and it sense. works. It works. They've done a beautiful job of it. Yeah. They really have, you know? But it's like, well, okay, so if that's so good, why aren't, why aren't people, you know, burning systemically less O2, less oxygen in a Hoka mm-hmm. compared to some other trading shoe? Yeah. And you, you say, well, are they? No, they're not. No, they're not. Hokas have the same oxygen cost as any other shoe. Yeah. Okay. So what they're doing, what they've managed to do is they've managed to um, take some of the offensive, you know, characteristics of foam running shoes and transfer those to other areas. Okay. Um, In this sense, in this sense, okay. Um, a Hoka's Hoka's one of the darlings of ultra marathon and community right now, yeah. you know, and, and, and because it's, it's, it's a comfy shoe, you know, you don't get a lot of pre- a, a lot of punch through of the rocks. Okay. That you're running on. Yeah. Um, but you, no one's going to run a Hoka in a 5k. Ever, yeah, right. Yeah, not not super super fast anyway. It's yeah. Well, not even then because you know you just don't have the turnover. Yeah, you just don't have the turnover in a Hoka, and if you're not aiming for turnover, who cares, right? Right. Yeah. But the damping of that big chunk of foam is is going to make you slow. You know. Um. But in a, in a in a in a in a in a regime where you don't need to be fast, it's fine. Yeah. Back to the material thing, though. The 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 Jello is trying to move every direction. Okay. Which yeah. Which is why the hook is wide, but its its instability is gonna it's it's gonna exact a cost in additional additional oxygen consumed to stabilize your ankles. Right. You're going to lose, lose some of the energy in it dis- dissipating well, in, in, the, in, the foam. In, the, in the stability, in the stability. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. And people say, well, where does the energy go that all the foam absorbs? And it's like, it's where energy goes in anything. If you've ever pumped up a tire on your bike and then you yeah. reach down to the bottom and grab the pump, it's hot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's all the energy of the compression of the air to go into the tire. It's hot. And so if you've ever gone for a winter run in your foam, your favorite foam trainer, you know, when you first get out there, it feels like a brick. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Especially if the shoe was in the garage or something. Yeah. You know, if your shoe is cold, you get out there. The shoe feels like a brick. OK. After a couple miles, though, the shoe feels like normal yeah. and you've warmed it up. You know, your 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 compression your constant compression and expansion of that foam is, is you know, the energy is going into heat. That's where yeah. energy almost always goes. Yeah. Is, in, yeah. is into heat somewhere. Um, and so 
I, I, I concluded that there was no material solution. Even if I could get a cube of air, a cube of air and perfectly contain it so that it wouldn't go anywhere, it still wouldn't make a good shoe. Huh. Okay. It, it wouldn't because because it's 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 nonlinear, you know, air's compression is 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 nonlinear, and yeah. we're gonna have that problem with the stability, you know, not working out. It's gonna try to go everywhere. And so and so I started looking at structures. Gotcha. And the first the first structure I looked at was the high volume air. Okay. Yeah. Thinking that thinking that um, the tubular structure of the outsole would help provide stability. Mm-hmm. And it does, but it's heavy and it's very sensitive to air pressure, okay, as to whether or not it's a too soggy of a ride or too firm of a ride. Right. And then I went into elastomers. And, you know, elastomer is a, a fancy word for rubber, okay, <laughs> okay. Rub, rubbery material. Um, I made a shoe that was entirely built out of cut in half racquetballs. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I, I, I made two or three versions where I had them positioned in such a way and glued in such a way as to try to increase the stability and to try to, you know, give the proper gait and the proper camber. OK. Yeah. Um, and they were OK. You know, I ran a couple 10 K's in those. Um, and but ultimately, no, that wasn't it either. That wasn't going to do it either. And so I started looking at Kind of, and I, I kind of knew I was going to get here, you know, because I was talking about all the advances in bicycles, all the advances mm-hmm. in tennis rackets. Uh, by now, you know, we were seeing really long golf driver shafts, you know, made yeah. out of carbon fiber, and all the advances in skis, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then all the motorsports stuff, and now aviation is full of carbon fiber, right? Yeah. Um, for for because of you know for all the good reasons. Um, I thought, well, what if we need a what if we need a structure? What if we need a structure to get the suspension working in a shoe? And so I, I had things that looked like lasagna noodles, you know, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. where 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 you know where they would come together and go apart and come together and go apart and four or five layers of that, you yeah. know. And you know that was heavy and it was prone to making funny noises. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it had good lateral stability with good vertical compliance. So I thought, okay, we're on to something. And and I started looking at um, cylinders, okay? Mm-hmm. I started looking at cylinders, and very quickly, as soon as you pick up a cylinder, you want to flatten it, okay? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I came up with flattened cylinders, and pretty soon I've got an ellipse. You know, I was looking at ovals. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, you've seen the on shoes, the on yes, cloud yeah, that, shoes. That, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so they've done a, they've done a lovely job and they're a cool looking shoe and they feel neat. You know, um, there's no biomechanical advantage, no O2 advantage to those shoes that I'm aware of. Um, but they get a lot of people out. They get a lot of people outside, you know, which is half the goal right there. Um, and, and, but what they've got, you know, they've got a little structure of the, um, of the EVA or, or whatever foam they're using, you know, urethane, whatever, um, they've got a little structure that's collapsing, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the answer, but yeah. it's still got a lot of damping to it, okay? You know, when yeah. you do it with, with foam like that. So I was looking at oval composite structures, you know, like almost like bicycle frame parts, 
Um, in fact, at one point, uh, a friend gave me a bike that I cut sections out of, you know, <laughs> nice. uh, it, was a, yeah. it was a broke, it was a broken bike. The rear triangle was all broken, gotten run over by a car. Uh, the guy was okay, which is good, but yeah. uh, I took the, I took the down tube and was cutting sections out of it, trying to see how does that work as a suspension, you know? Thank you, Trek. I appreciate that. Okay. I really, awesome. I really did. It, it, it furthered the knowledge. It furthered the body of knowledge. Um, and so I was looking at um, building, okay, building composite structures. And finally, I, I, I bit the bullet and went and got, you know, glass prepreg, um, you know, pre-impregnated material. And I got my own, uh, I, I carved my own and shaped my own wooden forms and covered them in release tape and then wrapped, um, wrapped the prepreg around them in, in different ways, okay, um, and then wrapped them with heat shrink tape and cooked them in my own oven. Oh, wow. <laughs> and cooked them in, and, and let me, okay, so there was a first generation of those shoes that I don't have anymore. They were, they were much smaller suspension elements. Yeah. Um, they were much smaller suspension elements and they weren't, they were giving me a little of what I wanted, you know, kind of like the high volume air shoe gave me a little of what I wanted and kind of like the racquetball shoe gave me a little of what I wanted. Um, they gave me a little of what I was looking for, but they didn't have the lateral stability. Well, by chance, I was at a trade show and I ran into some guy. It was a ski trade show. Um, uh, and I ran into some guys with, uh, um, with one of my favorite ski companies who were engineers. And we got talking about how do you build torsional stability into a downhill racing ski? Okay. How how do you build that torsional stability, that edge hold into a downhill racing ski? Because that's the critical thing, you know. Yeah. If you don't have if you don't have edge hold, you know, the perfect ski turn is one little groove through the whole turn. That's mm. the perfect ski turn where the where the edge of the ski rides the same point from tip to tail. Yeah. Okay. That's the perfect turn. I've done maybe five perfect turns in my whole <laughs> life. You know. Yeah. Really. Uh, three of them in one particular ski race, and it was it was it was another epiphany how great that was. Um, and I came in at a I came in you know uh, like the it was my PR for ski racing, you know yeah. I came in at a at a at a at a high pro level at, at one point. Um, so we're talking about how do you get that torsional stability, and how do you work the composites? How do you lay everything up? Well, I finally do I have one here? Hang on, let me pick it up. Okay. Oh, it's down in the basement. <laughs> it's down in the basement. Here, let me go to the shoe. Okay, so this, this isn't the very first, but this is the first shoe. Oh, okay. It's, it's made out of a new balance. Um, it's the first shoe that, see that ellipse? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I built that. I built that in my own oven. Um, <laughs> nice. You know, and carved and put it into the shoe. It's the first one I designed using ski racing fabrication techniques to get the lateral stability. Okay. And nice. with that shoe, with that shoe, I cut 15 minutes off of my nine times previous marathon PR of 4:38, and now I'm down to 4:23. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Six percent. Yeah. And 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 that was 2002. Um, ever since then, 
you know, I've been trying to get this shoe on the market. And we had a whole, you know, go, we had a whole dialogue with, with New Balance. We had a, a, a bit of a dialogue with Nike and with Brooks and with Saucony. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the CEO of Saucony got to try our shoe, you know, and, and the, 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 the founder and, and a billionaire owner of, of, of New Balance tried our shoe, Jim Davis. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, not early on, later on, in, in, uh, and he loved it. He loved it. Some other reasons came up why why that didn't get off the ground with him. But he loved the shoe and his whole history, his whole story was having been injured, you know, and because of those injuries. Now, I really can't run without pain. And yeah. he tried our shoe and he called me up and said, you know what? I, I went farther in this run than I have in a decade and had no pain. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. yeah. I so, mean, that's, so it's, that's a it, testimony right there. Yeah, it, it was huge. It's huge. And and. Then we had a contract with Under Armour, you know, which for for different reasons didn't didn't make it to production. Um, but now we're launching a Kickstarter. Wow. Okay. Now we're launching a Kickstarter. We we we're we're partnering with a South Korean brand, Trexta, uh, that does mostly technical hiking boots. Yeah. Um, but but look at this. Hang on. Let me find this one for you. Look at this guy. Wow, that's that's crazy. I know <laughs> there it is. There it is in a hiking boot. So that's a prototype. Um, so, you're the so, you're the you're the first guy to see this. No, wow. Yeah, I'm privileged. That's that's cool. And so our our Kickstarter launches on the 25th. Okay. Of this month, and we're working with a South Korean brand Trexta um, to build the shoes, and they've been nothing but helpful. They've been the best to us. Um, our composites fabricator is in Utah, you know, where a lot of composites work is done in this country. Okay. Um, and so we're going to build the best shoe that we can build. Um, one of the crazy things, how much more time do we have? Um, probably about 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah. One of the crazy things, look at this. Okay. We haven't even gotten into... Um, the effect of the last on the shoe, you know, the last is the foot shape that they build the shoe around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, most shoes have what's called a, you know, have a legacy last where the middle of the shoe is more pointed. Yeah. But, but look at this last. Oh yeah. See that? That's yeah. shaped like your foot. That's an mm. anatomic last. Yeah. Okay. Well, we worked with Jones. Trexta does anatomic lasts. That's why we reached out to them. Nice. And and uh, we worked then. We got permission from Trexta to, to use one of their lasts as a starting point. Um, we had to sign a big, heavy NDA to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but we used their last as a starting point to uh, to build this shoe or to build this last. And then we worked with Jones and Vining in Massachusetts um, and our last designer is a Boston marathoner. Okay. okay. And so we took, we took that data to him and he helped us, um, you know, like he narrowed up the heel a bit and, and we had some ideas about what we needed to do to be able to incorporate suspension more optimally. Uh -huh. And then once I had this last, look at this, see all these marks. Yeah. I, I took the last, um, I took the last to the Indiana Dunes State Park 
and walked around and and just noticed guys, you know, out there in the at the beach and said, hey, what's what size running shoe do you wear? And it's like, oh, I wear a, I wear a nine. And it's like, OK, great. Can I measure your feet? You know? oh, that's cool. <laughs> and, and, and all these marks are where everyone's first metatarsal is and fifth metatarsal and then the calcaneus. The oh, heel bone. wow. That's cool. And so that that's what we used to position the suspension on this last as we were designing the build. Okay. Okay. So, so hang on, let me grab something I want to show you real quick. Uh, sure. One, one second. All right. So, cause I, ha I have a, I have a few questions that, 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 uh, so one of the things when I transitioned, one of the things I liked about, um, um, running in the Vibram five fingers is that my, you know, my toes could, Whoops, you just froze, David. David? Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. You froze okay. for a little bit, David. Okay, all right. So cool. you were running in the five fingers. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Do yeah, it. so so I, I, I love that I could spread, you know, my, my toes out. And, and so when I transitioned, when I realized that I still needed something underneath my feet, especially I was getting older and all, uh, one of the companies, I mean, the company that I, that I shoot, I run pretty exclusively in now. I'm, I'm on their their ambassador team. And when when you held that last up, uh, this is this is an uh, an ultra, um, you know. And it and one of their things is the the foot shaped toe box. And so it looks a lot like this. <laughs> that's cool. This is, this is crazy. I know Golden Harper. Oh, you do? That's that's really cool. Yeah, Golden. Yeah, yeah. no, I I met I've met him at at a couple different trade shows and. One of the first things I told him, I, I have the very first pairs of, I have one of the very first pairs of ultras they ever sold, you know. Oh, sweet! That's and, awesome. And and several in between, and 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 you know his whole story was bread knifing shoes. Yeah, you know, that's what take, I was gonna say. To, that's it. I, know, I love to, it. To I take love the story. Yeah. yeah. And so and so no, the ultra is awesome. Ultra ultras got soul. You know, they're as authentic as it gets. Um, yeah. And. The one of the first things I ever said to Golden when I met him was, oh, I'm so happy to meet you. You know, I've been running your shoes for years. And and uh, I, you know, what compelled you to choose to get an anatomic last? And we had a whole discussion about that. And as That's it turns cool. out, it turns out that that, um, you know, our our last actually does even more because of the suspension. You know, we, we had to go to an anatomic last because the way the the way the um, energy transfers from the heel. You haven't even yeah. seen our shoe. I haven't even shown you our shoe. Here it is. Oh, sweet. So here's that. Here's here's the shoe, the pre-production version that we're going to be selling. Yeah. See? Hang on. There's there it is. There's the 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 ellipse and the forefoot. And then there's a. It, it's not broken. When you see the pictures, there's an intentional hinge. Oh wow. See. And so, and so I'm going to post pictures of all this for you guys listening so you can check it out. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, and, 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 you know, go to our website, you know, anything you see there, copy it, post it all you want. We don't okay. care. All right, cool. Um, but when you, when you land, cause you know, 90, 90 plus percent of us are heel strikers. Okay. When you land on the heel suspension, uh -huh. okay. It deflects, it deflects and depending on how, how pronounced your heel strike is, mm -hmm. it deflects a little or it deflects a lot. 
And so okay. the alt the ultra is a zero drop shoe. Mm-hmm. We're we're believe it or not for sure for real we're a variable drop shoe. Oh wow, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. I'm, I'm and so it, it yeah. variably it variably drops, you know, depending on how pronounced your heel is. And then once you've deflected that heel, and and you know, to deflect this thing, half of its geometry takes 250 pounds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which which is is pretty significant. I mean, you can barely squeeze these with your hands. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so you defl- you 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 deflect this thing on the entry to the stride, and then as your center of gravity, which is right behind your belly button, a couple mm-hmm. inches, as your center of gravity passes over the middle of the shoe, okay, the heel starts extending. Well, it doesn't bounce you up. You're too massive for that. Okay. Right. What happens is when the heel starts extending like a teeter totter, it it preloads the forefoot. Okay. The heel extends and you transfer energy to preload the forefoot. You've just done the holy grail of footwear. You've transferred energy from mm. the heel to the forefoot. You conserved energy. And then as the ball of your foot rolls forward, in, uh, as you're getting ready to leave, as your center of gravity goes forward, as the ball of your foot rolls forward, it pushes you off like a little gymnast vault. Oh, wow. Huh. That's <laughs> that's interesting. That's uh... <laughs> It looks simple. It looks simple, just two ellipses and a hinge. But you know, there's a lot of secret sauce inside the ellipses and the oh, yeah, you know, I the, posi- the, the calculations. Yeah, <laughs> I know the position of everything and the timing. It's absolutely you know intentional, and we really think it's gonna you know we really think it's gonna reduce the pain for a whole lot of people. I mean, even your grandma, you know, yeah. everybody. But but we're starting with runners because they you know runners have the big imaginations they they see the implications quickly you know as soon as I show this as soon as I hand this thing to, to people you know who are runners they're like oh my gosh I see what it's doing and and yeah. half the time people are people are able to tell me how it works yeah, you know, just by cool. picking it up it's like yeah. oh this is what it does right and I'm like you got it yeah. you're so on it. So, so what about people who who aren't uh, heel strikers? Does it still provide? I mean, more flat foot. Does it it still provide some of that? I mean, probably not quite the same, but if, if you're, some of that. no, 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 uh, no. See again, you know, it 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 really it works for everybody because if you're a midfoot striker, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. um, if you're if you're doing a a five k, you're going to be a mid or a four foot striker the whole race. If yeah. you're doing a ten a k. By the end, you're going to be back on your heel at least a little bit, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so at that point, they need it. But yeah. if you're a midfoot striker, it's still, it's still, um, every little bit that you deflect the heel gets pushed into the forefoot. Yeah. So every nice. bit, that, unless you're a pure forefoot striker, you're going to use the heel and it's going to dump energy in the forefoot. And then when you leave, it's going to help take you with it. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. It is. I, I can't. I don't know. I'm trying. I, it's one of those things you look at it and you're like, I wonder how that feels. You know, how does that feel on the foot? You know. <laughs> well, and, and 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 so if you haven't been on that black rubber moving sidewalk, if you've ever walked on a trampoline, mm-hmm. or if you've ever walked on a, a good composite like tire track, you know. Yeah. Um, if you've walked on a good reclaimed tire track and felt how bouncy that is, yeah. it feels like that. It also feels. People tell me, and I, I agree. It feels a little bit like a cross between running and working an elliptical trainer. Ah, okay. <laughs> and if you're and if you're a skier, it feels like the difference between hard pack and powder skiing. 
No, oh, you know, okay. You're, you're really yeah. floating. You're really floating along in this show. Huh, that's awesome. That's cool. So, yeah. so you guys are you guys are doing you're you're in you're in Kickstarter phase right now, uh, or in, in on the 25th, kicking that off and uh, and yes, sir. yeah, trying to get trying to get these out. That's awesome. That's <laughs> I love the I love the story. Kind of like you said with Golden, that you just like, hey, something's missing. We got to do something about this, and just like. Well, like and, and 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 gold. Okay, so Golden grew up in a in a in a in a um, a household that sold shoes. You know that was yeah. the family business, um, and he wasn't happy. You know he wasn't happy with the the status quo. You know, and it's like this can be improved. And he came up with his own way to make improvements on individual shoes by 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 reducing the stack height. You know the 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 drop so that it's a zero drop shoe. Yeah. And, you know, now you look at their shoes, they're very sophisticated, you know, mm-hmm. they're really well done. Uh, my hat's totally off to him. Um, and we're trying to do, we're trying to go to the next space, you know, yeah. we're trying to go to the next space where we incorporate suspension into all of that, into the anatomic um, last, into the zero drop or variable drop, depending on what you need, yeah. you know. Um, and, and it's like, and and then be able to not only deliver that to runners and triathletes. Okay. Cause getting off the bike and then getting on this shoe is so much easier yeah. than, than a conventional shoe because again, because of, you know, how it's working your muscles. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to eventually end up in a place where we build enough kinds of shoes that, that everyone who works, you know, on their feet all day can find something to work in that will have them be less, less tired, less sore, Less fatigued at the end of the day. Well, so so one of the questions I had, and I think you've answered it, and and correct me if I'm wrong, because one of the things that's been out in the news a lot lately are the um, Nike has the carbon fiber, um, the, you know, the vapor fly. Yeah, the vapor fly, and 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 that it provides um, a speed benefit to you know because of what it does for for you know pro marathon runners mainly, and and others. I know people who have gotten them, and and so. Um, this is more for, um, but more for, I mean, injury prevention, not for, you know, when I saw it, I was thinking, oh, there's this, you know, like to try to get you faster, but this just get you healthier, you know, just to get, yeah. keep you, you know, uh, well, okay. So, 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 so I can't, okay. So Ben O'Nig, you know, the, the, the acclaimed biomechanist, he did a, a, a video interview for our website. Okay, and and he's on our website, and he talks about the the foam and carbon plate shoe design and how they yeah. work. So I would refer you to him. Okay, you know, okay, go go see Benno. I'll check um, that out. <laughs> I know, yeah, because he has some definite thoughts about how those are doing what they do. Um, but we did do. I, I was I've been talking about O2 consumption. Yeah, yeah. We we did do with with. Uh, here, let me show you the. With a, another version of this shoe, okay, here's this one. See the silver shoe? Yeah. Right? Okay, so yep. this one, we built we built a bunch of pairs of these in South Korea, and we took those to Benno's lab. Okay. Up in Calgary, Alberta, and we, um, we ran head-to-head, you know, measuring gas in, gas out mm-hmm. with a group of runners uh, using a, I think it was a high-end, at the time, New Balance shoe, a foam shoe. Yeah. Um, and 
what we measured. Okay, and, and, and what you're measuring is systemic oxygen consumption, whole body right. oxygen consumption. You're not doing, you know, spot measurement at a muscle or anything. You're doing the whole body. And, and the joke about that is, you know, how do you reduce systemic O2? Well, that's easy. Sit down. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Nice. Sit down, because because if you're running on a treadmill, you know, on any given day and just changing from one shoe to another, it's not going to change. Right. It's just not going to change. Well, in that test uh, with that shoe, which is a, a much earlier version, uh, less sophisticated, um, we measured a 2.2 percent systemic O2 reduction. Okay. And and you wow. say, well, 2.2 percent is that very much? Well. You know, a big number, a big number in that measurement previously is like 0.1%. Yeah, and over we the measured, course of like a marathon, it's huge, you know. Oh, it's like, it's like, it's like running at least 0.6 miles less. That's, that's huge. That is it, huge. It, yeah. it, it's, it's the difference between, you know, back of the pack and winning in, in a lot of marathons. Yeah. And, and, but, okay, so when I first ran a PR in this, though, it's, it's like, sure, it was great to come in at a better time, 15 minutes less. But the bigger piece of it, I'm not kidding, was if you're running Chicago Marathon, you know, that's a very 45,000 people now. Back yeah. then it was in the 30s of thousand, you know. Um, it's a very congested marathon and you don't want to have to, to change lanes laterally. You would mm -hmm. like to go forward. OK, yeah. you, you would like to move up through the pack. Well, I had energy to always move up diagonally through the pack, you nice. know, in this marathon. And I never felt, you know, I never felt uh, at a loss. And when I got to the half marathon point, you know, I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm on a I'm on a PR record here for me. Um, you know, maybe I can pick it up a little bit. And so I started picking it up a little bit. And my very last mile was the fastest of the whole marathon. Boy, that's a good feeling. <laughs> so, so I, I, I left, yeah. I left some, I left some gas. You know, I left, I left yeah. some, I left some in the tank that I should have used earlier. But um, I still knocked 15 minutes off, and I had, it felt like I was flying. You know, yeah. I felt like Khalid Kanuchi, You know, who won that particular year, I think, and and who who I've shown some of my material to, and and was very encouraging. You know, he's a, he was, he was lovely, and his wife Sandra is his trainer. You know. And yeah. he was he he told funny stories like you know she's sitting there with her iced tea and a stopwatch going faster no you know do a faster lap <laughs> yeah yeah and and what he said was what he said was if you can reduce that fatigue at the halfway point at the twenty mile point you know you're going to change you're going to change the way marathons work and so the Nike shoe I think they they they've got some of that lightning in the bottle you know they they've done something yeah. really significant but. I, I don't know that it's going to work for, you know, you and me and for your grandma. OK, yeah. whereas this suspension, you can see it, you can measure it. It's working even when you're standing there not moving. Yeah, it's working, you know, and the movement that it's doing to absorb and release energy, energy, absorb and release energy. Yeah, if it's not doing it. Then your muscles have to be doing it. Yeah. And so, and there's always a cost to so, that in terms of oxygen and glycogen. Right. And if you can get the shoe to do that all day long for you and not you, you're going to be a fresher, happier person, healthier. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, well, man, I, I, you know, I think, uh, I love, I love innovation. I love, you know, uh, how 
far thing, you know, far things have come. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm really, I, I don't know, this is cool. I, I want to see, I want to see it in action, you know, and, uh, and, and, and one day, you know, when they're out, feel, feel how it feels, you know, to see. And so, uh, I don't know. I think any, like you said, anything that gets people, um, out and, and running injury free and enjoying it because I, you know, like you, I, I enjoy running. I love it. That's my, that's my time. And yeah. who, who wants to be sidelined or distracted by injuries and, and everything. And, and so anything we can do to help people, you know, to, to just enjoy our sport and, and, well, and, and love it. And, and for whatever performance level you're at, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like, like, like when your bike, when your bike has soggy tires, yeah. You know, oh, and, and it's like, I don't have time to, to pump up the tires and you go for a ride and you come home and it's like, well, that wasn't very satisfying. You yeah. know, and when you get the tires nice and pumped up and you're humming along, you know, and and you feel fast, even though it's just your regular little route, your regular little ride. But you get home and you hop off the bike and you're like, yeah, that was awesome. That's what I want the shoe to do. Yeah. People. So you want to. Yeah. Stop oh, running! Stop running with soggy tires. <laughs> I know. Soggy feet. I know exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly. Oh no, that's cool, man. Uh, well, Lynn, I, I, um, yeah, I'm gonna. I appreciate you taking the time to share your journey. I love it. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna post all your links for everybody. It'll be on the, um, in the show notes and on the web page, so people can check it out and 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 they can see what we're looking at. Um, and I, uh. I don't know. I want to encourage people to, to check it out. Innovation's good. And uh, it sounds like you've been on this project. You have been on this project for a while. And um, it, it, it's, it's my life's work at this point. It really nice. is. It's a, it's nice. a mission. And, and you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy to dedicate myself to this. You know, my family's all on board. They're happy with it. Um, my son can wear the, 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 the production prototypes, you know, and he's, he bounces around the house, you know, and, <laughs> That's cool. and, uh, and wants to wear them to school. And I don't know, you know, maybe, but, um, <laughs> we only have two pairs right now. Um, yeah. and it's, it's, you know, every little bit we can do to, to make life easier. Okay. Yeah. Not just for runners, but for everybody. Um, is worth is worth trying to get it going. Is worth trying to get it done. And and at this point, we I, we, we have so much momentum. We've gotten so much good feedback. Um, we're getting more and more every day. I think we're going to get there. You know, yeah, yeah. I really do. And I can't wait to get a, a pair into your hands. That'd be cool. That that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, well, then, uh, like I said, thanks. And I wish wish you guys uh, the best of luck. And like I said, I encourage all the listeners to check it out. It's always cool to see new stuff. And uh, so thank you, man. Thank you, David. I really appreciate the time. Right. 